1: we taking no we taking we taking we
0: taking we taking we taking we we Hey everyone, it's Darian Simone Harvin here with another episode of Am I Allowed to Like Anything? And this time around I have writer Michael Arsenal who has written for one of the publications I'm sure you frequent on the internet. He's a regular to Gawker, The Root and Complex, and he's also contributed to New York Times Magazine, BuzzFeed and Fusion. He's also appeared on MSNBC, NPR, and HuffPost Live. So we talk about everything from our love for Janet Mock to the importance of popping off on Twitter to loving Ann Friedman's pie charts to Ebony Magazine and the weekend. And he also has amazing cheekbones. So make sure that you Google him. And you know we cover a lot of ground. Uh, so remember that you can subscribe to Am I Allowed to Like Anything on iTunes. Enjoy, and as always, tweet me at Darian Simone to let me know what you think. I thought it was really important to have somebody like you on the podcast because you are a critic. Would you self-identify? First of all, would you self-identify as a critic? Because I would say yes. A culture critic.
1: I suppose I would say I was a critic, yes.
0: Why do you hesitate?
1: I'm a... I don't know. I just think of myself as kind of like a writer. I've never really considered myself necessarily a journalist per se, even though that was like my major in college. And I know mm-hmm. I do a lot of work that entails journalism mm-hmm. and criticism is a part of that. But I definitely usually just stick with writer because I think ideally what I'd rather be writing and what I'm actually doing a lot of the time are kind of like different. I mm-hmm. like the fact that I can make money solely based on my opinion. Mm-hmm. But necessarily doing criticism full-time for the rest of my life is not one of my
0: goals. It is not one of your goals. What is one of your goals? I've, I know that you've told me this before, but...
1: In um, the next few months, um, ideally after, well, specifically after Labor Day, I want to get my book sold. Mm-hmm. Um, publishing is asleep right now, as my agent has told me, so between that... This time and now, I'm like, I'm trying to see how I get my book sold. And from, you know, getting my book sold, um, I want to write it. Then I want to use that to do different things that I've always really wanted to do. That is, you know, public speaking. Um, I would love for it to be, I'm writing something that I think, I mean, it's authentic to me, but if it can be adapted. Into TV, I don't necessarily want to necessarily be a staff writer, but the way Eddie Wong and all these other different writers get to be like a consulting producer, or maybe I write one or so, so episodes, and do right. that that would be ideal. And then I want to be on air, be it even like T, like the original, like the TV medium or digital. I want to do more than just writing because writing every day at my volume is not sustainable at least Mm. not for me you
0: write a lot
1: yes I do you write
0: a lot and but kind of circling back to that uh on like that on-air role that you're really looking to fill you've been doing a lot with the Janet Mock show so popular which I love
1: I love Mark. Hail Janet Mock. All hell
0: Janet. I love her so much because I actually wrote something. I went to go see her on a panel that was about... I think it was like millennial feminism. Something around that. And it was like Joy... Joanne Reed. Elizabeth Plank, I believe her name is. And it's it's interesting because I feel like you know people love to put other people in boxes. So right. people see her as like a transgender activist it but she's so much more than that and that's what I love about her like she is so so very much like just number one a multi-dimensional woman but she's also such a a, I I just love her opinions I love the way that she goes about speaking about her opinions I view her, her as a critic I think that she's very good at looking at both sides of the spectrum and I really love her show and I sometimes wish that it was I guess bigger than what it was in a way like right now it lives online right and I guess. I don't know if the goal would be TV because I mean, what are that's debatable in terms of what networks are and what that means nowadays. But well, but her show is phenomenal.
1: Well, initially, shift was sold as, and I think that's still true. Um, and this is like from like I was reporting the trade mags, it's to essentially test potential anchors and potential show formats mm-hmm. online in that space and see what works. I mean, obviously, her show has been the most successful because she is a dynamic person, and right. I do like that she she exists beyond just identity which is something right you know I strive to do and I, I think I'm already done that where people don't necessarily associate me being a gay black man mm-hmm. first but it does come up a lot in my work when something gay and black happens there are very like editors who will rush to be like so what do you think if right you write something and
0: and that is and that is a blessing and a cursing
1: well, I'll go back to Janet the Great in a second because I it, I, I was going to say, well, I was going to add that um, as much as I loved her first book just from the fact of like, you know, having a narrative to really see how this transformation starts from like inception until like you, you, you fully blossom. Right. One thing I just really liked about her is that she is a, she's a working class Black, she grew up in a working class setting. Like, she's from areas that I can identify with that I was raised in because I think mo- more often than not, and it's not a jab to anybody else, but you have to be able to afford the sacrifice to work in media. And most of many of the very few blacks that exist in media and thrive are from backgrounds that we're not from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tackled, the reality is I tackled on a lot of debt to be able to pursue all of this Right. my student loans and so for me a lot of times I don't necessarily measure what other people consider my success because I'm still like well, my student loan payments are high as fuck so I don't really know but I'm um, circling back to like the writing from identity um on one end I I don't want to be that but then like as you said for me at least a lot of times when I read a lot of gay black men I didn't necessarily identify with a lot of Mm-hmm. what was out there. And we've so, spoken about that. So personally. I like the fact that I can lend a different perspective. Right. And I think my perspective has a lot of different layers to it based on my background. Um, mm-hmm. So in some ways I like that. And one thing I actually one of my friends told me, who's like also my editor at Cocker, he said once that you write for black people... And you don't care if white people read it or not. And I never really thought of it that way. I want everyone to read my work, but I think a lot of times... One thing I learned in L.A. when I was briefly trying to pursue like TV writing is that you were encouraged not to write anything that seemed too black as to alienate potential people because they would box you in. The reality is I'm black, so they're going to box me in anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I like the fact that I... I don't dilute my voice. Um, I think my voice is consistent no matter what outlet, be it black or mainstream, that I'm writing for. I mean, there's always sometimes you you have to t- fine-tune yourself just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I feel like if you read me, you're going to see me. You're going to hear me no matter where you're reading it. And I really do appreciate if something like, at least years ago, when something was heavily edited, people would come to me like, What happened? Because that don't sound like you. Like, Mm. at this point, like, people know what will be me. Right. How I'm going to come across no matter what. And I really like that. And I like the fact that, you know, I guess I don't want to necessarily be, like, the black gay and that's it. But that's very much a part of who I am. So if I can at least elevate the conversation or at least get my perspective in those spaces where we're normally not existing, then whatever. I mean, it could be worse i could be just <laughs> like some pampered white person that has little to talk about other than being pampered and white. Right. At least I can have some different type of perspective and again layers and nuance to offer.
0: Yeah, I also think there's some grit to your voice and to your story that I at least appreciate.
1: Appreciate that. Although I got warned yesterday, I got a oh I got a call from a very concerned person. Um, oh my god! You got
0: a you got a phone call?
1: Uh, yes, from a a, a very successful television personality telling me not. <laughs> To stop cursing out people online and leave them crazy folks alone. Um, okay, so I Michael. Usually, I usually watch that.
0: we okay. Remember when I first met you? Me, you, you Danielle. We were in Dumbo, and I said, "I don't understand how grown folks are popping off on Twitter like this."
1: You from a nice background and shit, though. That's what that is. You from, oh my god! You, like, I'm. Okay. I, I'm I'm not that motherfucker you just talk crazy to. Right. I have my limits. And so normally I do ignore a lot of people online because people, I mean, a lot of people give me really an ample amount of praise and I'm very grateful for that, but then people come at you sideways. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't care if it's my, if it's through your phone or not, you're not going to say some dumb shit to me all the time. And right. And be belligerent about it. I, under- they, I, I understand I understand I do get that whole mature thing, like just leave them alone, I guess. <laughs> I get a girl but no I'm used to motherfuckers talking me crazy in person I ain't let it go down like that so I right. can't even on the phone no I maybe it's petty but no people people will try you people think they can talk yeah to people you. will it come for like, you especially when they hide behind anonymity
0: yeah and and you know what I kind of I'm in a place where people don't come for me online so it's like who knows the day that somebody will yeah what I will say, what I will do. But until that point, I'm playing the Beyonce card. I want to be card. clear.
1: I, as you, you describe. I'm a critic, mm-hmm. so I write a lot of criticism. Mm-hmm. So that leaves me susceptible to my own criticism. Right. And I totally understand that. But some, a lot of people don't understand the difference between constructive criticism and you just throwing shots. Right. Like yesterday, somebody said, oh, you must object to It was something I wrote about Russell uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra and that whole biblical justification of celibacy, which I thought was a crock and very patriarchal, and his explanation was dumb. Mm -hmm. She went, oh, you must object to that because what the Bible says about sodomy. And I'm like, and I ran down a whole list of biblical things that I'm sure her ass is guilty of doing. And I told her, I'm like, if you are not a virgin and you've worked on Sunday, I'll see you in hell. And even in her Abbey she was like mixing fabrics. I'm like, that's just as much a sin as me sticking my whatever in somebody. So yeah, it's those kind of things. And then like a lot of ever since I wrote about Ice Cube's Rolling Stone um, interview, a lot of straight men have just been
0: they've been coming for you. They yeah, been.
1: I like Ice Cube, but you can like somebody and not like something that they say. Everything is an app ab- and is an absolutes.
0: Right. I wanted to circle back to something that you said about your work being edited and working with editors because I actually think that this will help a lot of writers. Mm-hmm. Let's say you get back something or an editor has really heavy edits that for what you have written that and you feel like it takes away from your voice. How do you handle that?
1: Uh, I don't know. When I was younger, I think maybe I didn't. Fight back as much as I should have, um, but even then that was pretty rare. But like even, actually, in June, or maybe it was last month. It might have been July. The summer's kind of turned to a blur. But there was an editor at a publication, very well known. I ranted about it on Facebook. Um, Do I need to friend? I need to friend you on Facebook, obviously. Probably not. Well, I don't <laughs> care. It was the Washington Post. I was I. Was, I, was, I wrote an essay. For their new single section called Soloish that was about me ideally wanting to date a black man and not having the best luck with that in New York. Thus learning to let go of these kind of, I don't know, not insecurities, that's not a good word, but... I had just I was questioning my, I'm like if I want to be the change that I speak of in my work then me dating like Latino and Latino's ethnicity so I'm very clear like that could be you can be black and Latino. And in some cases they were black and Latino. But as I put in a thing, in most cases they were like Mark Anthony if he ate more steak. So <laughs> it's a very specific slant. Like I'm black learning to date people that don't look like me and be comfortable with that. And not feeling like if I don't I don't know where my I don't know where my love life will take me that's its own instead. I don't
0: know where my love life will take but, me But
1: let's say if I ended up with somebody who is not black mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily take away from what I've written or what like I have my ideals, but I need to not um limit myself in that way to live up to some standard right that I wrote in an essay I think that's that's too harsh on me, so there's a very specific slant. This turn, some of the notes were, "Well, you didn't really mention anything about black homophobia and blah blah blah." And I'm like, um, "I sent you very specific clips, and one of them was how black people are not more homophobic than anybody else. You will never catch me lending myself to that narrative." Right. And then there was a line in there that I made. A, it was based. My friend had a joke saying like, "And I flipped it. My ideal black man is probably in Louisiana at a crawfish boil, like drink some." I put it in a thing. She right. told me I sounded like a caricature. And I said, I'm a black man from Houston, Texas, and my last name is Arsenault. How would I sound like a caricature you're talking about?
0: That corporate? is your. That, that is y- literally. Who y- that's I am. your life. Like that is what you. That's a part of who you are. And in then a way.
1: when it we and we argued for more than a week, back and forth about edits. Um like it, it was, They didn't pay that much to go through all this. And then the day, the morning went up. It said, "I'm a black man." Who doesn't date people that look like me? Oh, My God, which is nothing I've ever oh said. Oh my God, I, did, I didn't say anything close to that. So, oh my God, I, even, I remember being at the gym, and I've literally got so angry, and I'm popping. I'm like, if you don't take this down, if you don't you change, change this, this headline, title, change this headline or ch- take it down because you are going to fuck me over, right? Like, I mean, I for them that type of headline would generate a lot of clicks, but then everyone would hate me. And people would not forget that.
0: Right. And, and in the me. angle that they came at you for or came at you through would have been through that headline. It wouldn't have yeah. been about the content of that one. And some and I
1: actually found out later on a day, the dude told me, some boy mentioned I guess he went on the day before me or whatever, mentioned, was complaining about me <laughs> based on the essay and that and I'm just like, here we go. Um, my way of that I mean and to answer your question, like every step of the way I challenge that because I'm like, this clip is not worth my reputation, mm-hmm. and it's not worth what could be potentially very damaging effects to my my name, right? As a writer, right? And I just got really pissed with the title, and I demanded, and then I and I made sure I took to like Facebook. At this point, there are a lot of people in media who do pay attention to me, who know who I am, right? I want to make clear like this is not. You know, things. And there have been sometimes we're losing battles with headlines. I wrote something with Esquire, I did not agree with that headline. But I just warn people to ignore the headline and just look at the actual words.
0: Words, words.
1: So sometimes it's, you're not necessarily, I would just advise anybody to really fight for their voice, mm-hmm. um, be respectful, and, but be very clear. And I think even this, particularly this with the Washington Post editor, I just felt like she was like a well-meaning, she thought she was a well-meaning white woman, like liberal, and they think they can just talk to you anyway. And I just, no, you don't know better than me. It right. was so amazing. You're worried about me being a caricature, and she told me she was trying to protect me. I don't need her protection. Right. And more importantly, had you stuck with that headline, I would have been another black person complaining about not dating black people, which isn't in of itself is a trope. Right. They love to trot out black people who don't, Aren't comfortable with their own, and mm-hmm. then they project that onto like the community. You're not going to get me to do that because I am very much happily black. So I'm not. So that would I don't know. It's a long way of answer that question. Um,
0: so tell me some of the things that you've written recently that you are like really proud of, you loved, and you love the way that it turned out.
1: Everything I've written for Gawker under Jason Parham, I'm very proud of and happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, the essay that I wrote about my mom, her, you know, which turned out to be the title, Her Jesus Doesn't Love Me, Closure with My Mom. I think that, for me, that was really cathartic. Mm-hmm. I like the essay I wrote for Fusion about using hookup apps and being recognized. I love Fusion. Stick um, The stigmas that people as- associate to like hookup culture and people who engage in time to time. Oh, and I really am proud of this essay that I wrote called What Janet Jackson Taught Me About Sex. And there's going to be like a broader... Um, version of how I originally envisioned it in Ebony because I'm going to have a column called um, Pop That. It's going to be the intersection Ooh. of pop culture and sex. So I'm really proud of those things. I think for me I'm, I'm overall I'm really proud of the personal essays that I've written because mm-hmm. that's something I really enjoy doing. Right. Um, and I like to really just be completely like myself. Right. Like, I would love to do more writing like that. I don't necessarily want to be like Carrie Bradshaw, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I like the idea of. I mean, I know everyone's writing personal essays now, but that's something I really always wanted to do. And
0: that's something that I feel like you, anyone can always enjoy. Like, one of the reasons why I, I don't like writing The Subway, but one of the reasons why I do love it is because. And the subway is where I get my best ideas ever, ever, ever. And I'll remember, I'll never forget the times where I'll be sitting on the subway and I'll just be thinking about some experience or something in my life that has gone on. And I come up with a perfect title for a personal essay. Like I have something coming out, I'm really happy. It's gonna be like my first print piece about my grandmother's restaurant and me growing up there and what I would eat and what it means to me now. And that was so therapeutic for me to Mm -hmm. write about because you gain such an appreciation for like yourself. And I think I, that's important.
1: I really like reading personal messages, particularly for from people from, who are self-aware. And there's a yes. big difference in that. Because some people write, and they're not very self-aware, so it doesn't make for an interesting Self-awareness
0: reading. is such a thing that everybody needs to strive for. Like, yeah. It, it, I know it seems so common, but there, but there are people who are truly not self-aware. And that should be something. We should always be turning the mirror on ourselves. I. I, think. Not you,
1: not you, I, I actually am really proud of a lot of the writing I've done this year. Sometimes it could just be a blur because it's a lot. The volume sometimes makes it hard to remember, but I've written things this year that I'm really happy about. Um, and I was really, really happy to be a part of like, the conversation about empire mm-hmm. um, at the New York Times Magazine. I'm glad like at Complex I had the space to say black people are not more homophobic than anybody else had Instead of just being anecdotal, which I think a lot of people... They argue that point from anecdote, like very statistical breakdown or like in data and so many. Like I think that because for me, um, I just want to make people laugh and make people think. And I think I've done a really good job of that so far this year.
0: Um, I think that you've done a really good job of that for a while, in my opinion. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was part of the reason why I wanted to have you on my on my podcast because so much of what i'm trying to get to is a point where it's like you're allowed to number one like things but watch the way that you critique things like like what does it mean to really critique something and i think that it comes with age and time and experience that i feel like you i really like your
1: idea for podcast because i think for like the internet can be I, i think people abuse the word negative but it can be a very negative space and it can't be I, in, And a lot in a of criticism does from the fact that fuck you, I don't like you, blah, 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 blah. Like even mm-hmm. I think a lot of you misconstrued the essay I wrote for the root about Ice Cube and his comments in Rolling Stone because I'm I like Ice Cube. You can li- and again, like you can like, like something Love is, like, love isn't just, like, complete adulation. Love can be criticism. Love can be pushing somebody to be better. Love can be a call out. Love can be all those things. Like, genuine concern and care about somebody is not just giving them, like, ample amount of praise. That doesn't help you grow and evolve. Right. And in that instance, I'm like, if you sound like you did 20 years ago, that is a problem. Right. Right. More than twenty years ago, like twenty five, like you you do have to evolve. Mm-hmm. You have a family. Think about that <laughs> You
0: have a family.
1: But people are just so quick to be like, Oh, you must like, I love when people say, Oh, you must be gay whenever I defend women, that comes up a lot. <gasps> that always happens. Because apparently you can only be gay to actually want to be nice and think of women as equals who don't Deserve degradation? Yes, that always happens. I get that all You the know
0: moment. that GIF where I don't even know who it is, but they're like rubbing their temples. Yeah, that's like what I do. That's all of the team. time. But I gotta
1: stop cursing people out as I was told yesterday. <sighs> I gotta stop it.
0: I think I don't think you should. I don't know if yes, you should it's gonna stop. Ha- it's gonna again. But, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you're I, gonna. Maybe you should just. Def- maybe you should. I mean, honestly, I don't feel like I'm in a position to tell you what to do, Michael. But picking and choosing your battles, I feel like the punch is so much grander when you do that. I just always go with the Beyonce approach. Like, speak through your actions. I'm too good to be to be addressing you. Like, even though, that's like, well, why do you think you're better than other people? And it's like, if I don't have some sense of confidence for myself, I'm going to be i'm gonna run myself rampant sometimes you are just better than some people in that too but that's just what it is if you're a terrible person a terrible person right like why should i rise above is like one of my mantras i'm just like Mm -hmm. rise above be great it doesn't mean you're rising above other people it doesn't mean you think you're better than other people it's just like i'm in order to be the best darian simone harvin i cannot address you i'm so
1: like i'm so afraid i can't wait to see you at 30.
0: (sighs) You know what? I can't but wait to so, see myself that, at 30 because that's
1: so far away, for you, that's so so far
0: away, away from me. Right. But somebody told me, a grown woman told me that I looked 12 two weekends ago. And I was like, "There's a t- and you, there's a difference between telling me I look 12, which I feel is offensive because I'm not 12, and you saying I look really young for my age. Like, there is a difference. But anyways, I want to go back to... Your explanation about about criticism, and I want to know when you're writing. And I know that you don't always love. We're focusing on, on criticism, and it's and as you as you've explained. There's so much more that you are brilliant I at. I feel
1: am grateful for what I get to do. I don't want to make it seem like I'm. an Oh great. no, I'm, for I'm sure. I'm very grateful, and I enjoy a lot of what I do. It's just the volume can sometimes wear me out. But okay. I, I, as overall, I enjoy what I do, and I love that I get to. Literally make a living off of my opinion and thoughts and stuff. That's a very that's a blessing, and I don't discount that.
0: Yeah, and I love it too because your stuff always sounds really smart to me. And so, with that being said, I want to know what do you keep in mind when you are? It's one thing to have an opinion and to pop and to pop it off, but it's a whole other thing to write about it and to put it into these words that make people. Think or you're pushing the conversation forward. Are there things that you keep in mind? Is it just something you've learned over time? Is it even something that you can explain?
1: I write about religion and sex and politics and pop culture and race. I, I write about issues that are very like contentious. So I get in some respect, like somebody's always gonna be mad. We have very much like a culture where people will dig up old tweets or dig us and like, oh yes. look at you
0: now. It happens all of the time. And we time. Give people
1: a chance to even like grow and evolve.
0: That is my big thing, is like, I had to get to a phase where it was like, no, I'm not the best writer in the world, but literally the only way that I'm going to get better is if I continue to do it, and some of it might end up on the internet, and I, you kind of have to be okay with that, because for me, that's just the nature of who, what I'm trying to be, and, and, and who, and where I want my career to go. It's like, yes, I can write in a journal. Right. I'm actually (laughs)
1: glad that I, because 10 years ago when I was interning, my blog, I wrote on it often, and that was my practice. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I learned more from doing that than I did often in the classroom, um, because that's how I became a better writer. Right. And that's how I honed my voice. It's actually how I met Danielle Smith, because I remember emailing her, which is a long-time practice of mine. I co-email people. I reach out. Mm -hmm. She found me through her Blog. I tell her, she had, she like, used to have a blog. Yes, Naked Yeah, I think
0: was I like, think that's yes. what she told me it was called. Yes, Naked <laughs> and I, mean, I was I had, like, "Where did it go?" And she was like, "Oh, I had to put it away, girl."
1: She did put it away, but it was really good. But yeah. Like, we, when every, people on Blogspot, which is, I was on, mm-hmm. I sent her my links, and that's how we met. I ended up meeting her that like that summer at like a book a party that she had. I think whatever. But yeah, I, I had that space to just kind of say whatever. Right. I don't think people now have. The freedom. Well, you have the freedom. I just think you probably will face a lot more criticism and it'll be harsh because people are less forgiving.
0: Right. You'll face more scrutiny even if you don't, even if it's indirect scrutiny. Like even if somebody reads something that you write, they're going to remember you for those words and for your Twitter avatar and they're going to feel like they kind of know you and they've never met you before. And it's that is, I feel, dangerous for people who are starting to do anything that has to do with creative expression or putting stuff on the internet. And it's, it is hard. Like, you can't, you, it's almost like you can't fuck up in this yeah. space. Not to bring it back
1: to the ratchet, but that's also like, I think sometimes people tend to think they know me because they read me. I like mean, I mm. don't know me. You don't know Therefore, me. Therefore, don't talk to me all kinds of crazy. Right. Because I'm like, if anything, if you read my work, I'm not the kind I don't sound like... To me, I don't sound like the, me, the kind of person who could just say some crazy shit to. Right. Yeah, people do get like... Uh, I don't know. I, w- I don't know. Writing a journal. Um, I don't know. I think you just might probably need a thicker skin. You I do. I can't say that I wouldn't still do it, but, yeah, people are really less forgiving. I think a, a lot of us, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still trying to know what not to do. What I, Something I wrote this year might make me cringe in five or ten years. I don't know yet. But right. But I just think you can't. People will literally dig up something that you wrote ten years ago. Like, you might have had a move that day. Right. And that will be, like, slapped on you. Right.
0: And you're like. Kind
1: of like the Trevor Noah thing. Although, yeah, maybe one day I might just delete all my tweets. Oh. <laughs>
0: I can't even get into that with you right now. We got to change the topic, Michael.
1: I love him, though, since you like type of things that I love. I love him.
0: I, I think he's very good looking.
1: He's so cute. He looks so good in that vogue. Oh,
0: he's so good looking. Okay, so we both know who Anne Friedman is. Yes. I really like her work, first of all. And also, she has a great podcast with Amina Tusso And... I was recently, I don't know how I came across this. She must have posted it to Twitter, but she makes these pie charts.
1: I saw it after you told me about them.
0: And I I thought, this is how corny I am. I thought that this was something very new that she was just doing and I love them because they're handwritten like clearly she makes the circle with something and the lines are very precise but you can tell that this is her handwriting and they're so funny and they're all these different topics and she's been doing this for over a year like there's eight pages of let's read some of them why are we embarrassed to, to what are we embarrassed to be so bummed out about 20 percent people who don't see the point of flossing and i think what's funny is that when you when i heard that i didn't think of like dental flossing i thought of like flossing like the act of it like the slang word
1: yeah black kicked in yeah
0: 20% realization that online impulse buy won't arrive 5 to 7 business days 20% the quality of this coffee shop scone valid 20% the special in memoriam issue of people magazine And then another 20%, all those other women who have the same leather Madewell tote that we all do, which is true. Do you know what Madewell tote that is? I have no
1: idea what that means. Oh, my
0: God. Everybody has one. And I was going to get one, but I'm not any longer. Anyways, I just think they're super clever and really smart. Another one. Why are we so eager to defund Planned Parenthood? How are we coping with the failure of our startup? And I just think that a lot of these... I love these writing
1: a killer TED talk about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: very, very true. Writing a killer TED talk about it. Um, adding into our CV, the combination of meditative exercises and heavy drinking. Just really clever. And I wanted to shout these out because they were something that I like. And I would suggest people just to check them out because they're like really fun and creative. And she's got a bunch, like eight pages worth. And I just also think that they're very real and applicable to so many particularly women's lives anyways shout out to her and shout out to her pie charts because I thought it was really it's just a creative fun thing that you can do and I also think that this is a really good example of taking something that you realize that you're good at and that you enjoy doing and being and being consistent somewhat consistent with it so and you know I saw this on Twitter and even though she may not be making like money from these it kind of, I feel like, adds to, to her brand and, and what she's good at articulating.
1: <laughs> pudding cup. <that's> good.
0: <laughs> Relevant cups, bra cups, coffee cups, world cups, Pim's cup, Diva cup. I don't have, I won't discuss a Diva cup with you. Um, and pudding. So yeah. Okay, Michael. So this is my last question that I ask everyone. And we kind of already talked about it, but. What is your dream right now? What do you think about? What do you want right now?
1: Uh, I want my first book sold. I want the space and the finances to just focus on that majorly. Um, but even if the other part doesn't happen, I just want it sold. Um, and I want to do like I'm happy. Well, I've been content with what I'm doing, but I've always wanted to do more. I think. My dream is just to finally be doing all of the other different things that I think my talent extends to beyond just writing. Mm-hmm. Or even just doing different types of writing. But ideally, like, I think I have more talent than just writing on Microsoft Word or, like, Google Docs or <laughs> WordPress. And I like for that to be... So more. Yeah. With, with a very nice check, so that is my dream, and I'm actively working towards it, and I think I'm slowly but surely building towards that.
0: I think you are oh, too.
1: I thought you were gonna ask me what thing I actually like. The product was. I
0: know. Now we're gonna move on to plus ones. Oh, this this oh my, is. This oh, is. I skipped my bad. I'm no, going. no, it's okay. It's okay. Bad guess. Bad okay, guess. so tell me what your plus one is.
1: It's an old song, but I like The Weekends' "Earned It." I'm not really I haven't That's been,
0: not an old song.
1: Oh older. Like that movie came out like in February, so it's like ancient by this time. Um
0: wasn't it in um
1: Well, I wasn't a really big I've never been a big fan of weekend I like I listened to his first mixtape and I'm like I just makes me wanna kill myself. Oh um my God. and then I read the New York Times magazine profile about him. Mm-hmm. So it made me go revisit some of his songs, like the, the three more more recent ones. And I really love Earned It. And I, I do, like, can't feel my face because it's, like, very Michael Jackson. But yeah. I really love Earned It because it's, like, really perfect. It's, like, a yeah. very perfect... It's, like, the... His music is still haunting, but this is, like, catchier. He, he sounds really good. Because, honestly, I used to think week, The Weeknd's music is, like... I think I tweeted this. That's the last. That's like the last time you have sex before you commit suicide. His music was a little bit too gloomy for me, mm. and I don't mind gloomy music. But he was a lot. But I love Earned It. Okay. And I think I might be a Weekend fan now because I actually like Can't Feel My Face too. I, I like the. Weekend. I like
0: Can't Feel My Face because that song to me represents a good time. I think in my head, I just assumed that ev- that the Weekend was one of those artists that everybody likes, mm-hmm. and that's not. And that's not the case. I'm learning. And, which is cool, because now a lot of people are kind of coming up like, oh, wow, I really like you, Weekend.
1: I think he's really interesting because, I mean, Miguel did that shady interview where he was comparing, him. mean, he put down Frank Ocean and then, like, Weekend was a part of the conversation. like, we'll just, we'll just go and see. It's interesting because I think Miguel really wants that commercial, and I like Miguel. Miguel wants that commercial. Success. That the Weekend is enjoying now, but I think the Weekend is somebody who had a very niche thing. He did. And then he realized, I want to do more. And then when you read. New York Times Mag profile, he went to Max Martin, but instead of like just taking whatever Max Martin wrote for him, he still wrote his own lyrics ultimately. Right. And together they came up with like, how can I take what I'm doing already and, and, elevate, it, and it. elevate it and make it more widely.
0: Uh, consumer consumable. consumable and i think that's a good point because you know ariana grande and the weekend have a song together and even to me that didn't feel just in my opinion like contrived like i didn't look at that song and go here's the weekend trying to be mainstream because it was still very much his voice it was still very much like his look his style and it didn't and I think that's a really interesting point about I think how you should approach life is you shouldn't just take what people give you and you should be willing to work and collaborate with people to come to the place that you want to be. Yeah, I mean, and we all need each other.
1: Some artists can't really write their own stuff and I'm like, okay, but this is somebody and it's okay to want more people to like you. And I think sometimes people get give you shit about that, but I'm like, it's it's good. Like you're you're still being authentic to yourself. But you reach out to somebody more experienced who can help you get there, while still being authentically you. That's right. actually the best relationship between like even a writer and an editor. Mm. Just make me better. Don't interject too much of yourself into my right. voice. Right. So I like him. Um, I might even the album comes out next week. I don't know if I'll buy it. If I if I stream it and I like it, then I might buy it.
0: So I feel what's like to buy Music. What streaming service are you using right now? I don't it. You know, to be honest,
1: I will. I still have a free account on Spotify. I think because I work from home. Yeah. And I have so much music anyway. So you're just I don't listening really need to that. Them. Right. Like sometimes maybe I'll get on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I've seen myself probably eventually buying Spotify, like paying for a subscription. But as of now, I'm like, eh, I have like all these songs from like decades. Like why would I? Just-
0: right.
1: I don't really need it as, as much as. But if I worked in an office, I would surely probably be on Spotify already.
0: Yeah okay cool do you see the potential for endorsements in this podcast liking things that is a that's a fucking endorsement it is i need to start being smarter every episode i get a little smarter i get a little wiser that's all i'm You're really asking it. for you can,
1: you can get some endorsements get that bevel money <laughs> they already got <laughs> bevel all the black money people. There's
0: that m- yeah for real
1: i hope i was a good guest.
0: you are you kidding me what are you talking about?
1: You I'm very, see, I'm very aloof. I try to tell you that. I'm very aloof. I know
0: you're aloof, <laughs> but we still get I'm, along.
1: I'm in, my, I'm in my little shoebox. I don't mean, I don't know stuff unless people tell me in person. Or maybe I'll get emails now. So Like some girl from Tanzania was like, I'm coming to New York in the fall. You want to be my intern? I'm like, girl, I don't need an intern, but I'll like have coffee with you. She was just eager, which is nice. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm an O-head now. Like I realize I'm an O-head
0: call yourself
1: that I'm, I'm entering old head trajectory like i even wrote about it for ebony and like all the people born around me is like yeah we're becoming old heads like i don't have the linen pants on yet but it's coming
0: um okay i'm glad you mentioned ebony because i'm actually going to make ebony magazine my plus one i in the past few months
1: all hail kierna mayo she did that
0: yes ebony has become a magazine that I would subscribe to or pick up an issue for. And I just really appreciate that because they're not veering away from the issues, which they haven't been doing for a while. Like, they've been making statements with their covers and whatnot. Because That
1: That is the genius of Kierna Mayo.
0: Yes, because I have not connected with a black magazine in a long time. I don't actually don't think ever I don't think I've ever um, felt a connection to a black magazine in this capacity before, and I just okay, so like with the hard list, you know, do the hard list is all about getting diverse types of writers, and it's like I'm always making sure that there are black publications in the hard mm-hmm. list like that's something that I really really try to pay attention to because when it comes to our narrative, it's so important that we are virally sharing things that are written by black publications and by people of color. That's my opinion. What
1: I think what Ebony is becoming and what is under Kierna Mayo, it reminds me of Howard. Howard is the most diverse place I've ever been because I realize how much diversity goes beyond just race. Right. You have every facet of blackness. And I think under Kierna Mayo, who, she went to Hampton, but, you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Will
0: You Howard Hampton people, I literally cannot handle it. Y'all need to let it go, seriously. Like, what are you doing?
1: It's a it's a thing we, we oh, can't let it go. Oh my god, it's like a
0: it's like a oh god, it can can't. you
1: can't let it go. it's okay. like it's like Beyonce and Carrie. This this is gonna be a thing forever. Oh my god. But I think no, I just think un, she's genius. Um, she gets it. I'm very happy that I we even have a space in Ebony magazine under Kierna Mayo because she she's everything that you just said. And I think I hope you, I
0: get to meet her one day.
1: You should reach out. She's good about that. She's been, she? she been super booked lately, but yes. Yeah, I can in imagine. A minute, but yes, Kieran is great. How do you know her? I met, I mean, she she was running Ebony Digital. Um, mm-hmm. So when I was just visiting from L.A. and I met with like the crew, like Jamila and them, I finally met Kieran in person. I was like, oh, you even know who I am? She's like, yes. And then, yeah, I just started to see her more, and she's just great. She came to somebody you can talk to for a few minutes, and she didn't even realize it like genius just pours out. She's giving me so many good ideas mm-hmm. or just kind of put my ideas together in ways that I didn't think of just in like mere minutes. So it's like good to be around somebody like that yeah. with vision.
0: I love people with vision and I believe that I'm somebody with vision.
1: You definitely have vision.
0: Thank you. So I like to meet other people with vision and I like, I just love mixing you have, vision with action. You have
1: far more force, foresight than I think you might even realize. The reason why everybody keeps saying, oh, my God, you're like, how old? I'm so impressed. I mean, there's there's one thing about having direction, but, like, you have, like, a long game, which is really impressive. I'm going to keep saying impressive because it's perfect, but yes. I'm sure Danielle has told you this.
0: Um, yes. Danielle, I shouldn't even put an um before that. That's a resounding yes, because Danielle, Danielle Smith is one of my, like, biggest supporters like people in my life who just like encourage me in in, like every sense of the word so you're right um and I think I kind of know that about myself but right now everything I do is about doing things that I enjoy doing creating content that I love and finding a way to also like mix that with with creating things that people actually enjoy
1: you already realize you don't want to do things that you don't want to do like, right. that alone puts you ahead of so many other people I actually, and you have the the the, the, the luxury I don't say luxury but it is a luxury in a way it like, is a luxury to be able to like I don't want to do this therefore I won't do that I'm going to go pursue something I want because some people are often beyond their control like stuck it's not just easy right like,
0: Absolutely. Escape things
1: the way people make it seem, like something like, "Oh, just if you're not happy with your job, quit it." Life don't work like that. L-
0: life does not work that way at all. And I, and, and this goes back to diversity and different types of privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Because in one of my big things too is there's racial diversity, there's economic diversity, there's political diversity, there's educational diversity. Right. There are all different types of diversity in my right. in my long run, long game, and in my future, I want. 360 diversity so like to me diversity includes african-american people and it includes asian people and it includes white people and it includes it includes hispanics and spanish people and asian it just it includes everybody everybody people who have disabilities people who have learning disabilities people who have who have mental disabilities physical disabilities everybody that is what diverse i want diversity to be in my book and that is what i want my work to reflect also so anyways, yes, I'm sorry I'm going on my a spiel. No, it's not no. even about me.
1: Good times.
0: So thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really glad this happened, and I just appreciate you. I appreciate you. Okay. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Oh. Do you want to go get a drink, or are you busy?
1: Uh, Let's grab a drink now. I do have to go something at, like, I can be after 7. Let's get a drink, though. Okay. Okay.